it's just so bonkers. It's us, and we're back, and we're still talking about Keanu. <laughs> still, it 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 has not stopped, and it will not stop, which is a great segue oh, into Quinn! today's episode. What a perfect segue! Yes, today we will be talking about maybe that's not true. I was gonna say maybe my favorite Keanu movie, but like really, there are so many. How could I pick just one? Mm. But we are talking about the- we're talking about speed, 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 speed. Um, before we get into it. Let's just remind our listeners what they're listening to. This is your next obsession. This is your next obsession. Speed. The movie Speed, Speed will be Edition. your next obsession. If it is not already. Everyone who has seen Speed loves Speed. It is such a solid watch. It is. I rewatched it in preparation for this episode. I have my clipboard with notes mm-hmm. ready to go. As one of our acting teachers at UCLA, who is just the sweetest man, would say to us maybe once a week, it's a great rental. He wouldn't say that about Speed, but he would say it about some movie. Every week he'd be like, well, have you seen this and this and this? It's a great rental. As if that's something we still do. Our household, not our household, really just my boyfriend, who I make fun of all the time for it, still does get the Netflix DVDs in the mail. It's such an endearing anecdote. (laughs) Literally him and my grandma. I I tell him all the time that it's only still running for him. (laughs) He is the only one who, (laughs) who is getting the DVDs. Anyway... If you have not already picked up on it, this whole season is about Keanu. Yeah. And I was very excited about Speed. So here we go. We're just going to dive right in. Should we remind everybody who we are? Oh my god, that's a great idea. (laughs) Because this is still your next obsession, and I'm still Quinn. And I'm still Renee. Although some days it's like, eh, what's going on? (laughs) Yeah, I can't always tell you what it means to be me. No. But I can tell you who I am. I think that's a beautiful sentiment, and that should be on a pillow. Wow. I think we nailed it. I know that you don't like novelty mugs, but hate it. if there were to be a novelty Also hate mug. novelty pillows. I'm sorry. I hate any pillows with text, which will come up later in the show. Oh, wow. Teaser. A little teaser. I know. That's exciting. Something to listen for. This is a podcast for anybody who has ever had a kind of maybe a little bit embarrassing, maybe a little bit vulnerable or so specific, so personal to you that it feels very close to you. It feels very, yeah, close to you. (laughs) I mean, double down. If it's true, it's true, Quinn. Um, Yes, this is about those niche obsessions that, like, you love to talk about, but maybe you don't have that many people to talk about it Mm. with. We're going a little bit off script this season because, as I just said, everyone loves speed. And everyone loves Keanu. But really, it's just, it's a a study. It's a study in Keanu. So And, And it's a real... It's a real test of our premise. Like, how far can we take That's this idea? That's a great... Oh, so smart. <laughs> Quinn, Quinn always knows. Okay. Um, Do you want to give everybody the backstory behind that reference? No. <laughs> it shall remain a mystery. Don't... Like they don't our, need. They don't like, need. Like our friend Keanu, that anecdote, that inside <laughs> joke shall too remain a mystery. <laughs> it all comes back to Keanu is really, I think, the, the thesis... I love that. ...of this season... <laughs> Take it away, Renee. Okay, great, great, great. So I just rewatched Speed in preparation, as I just noted. Basic plot overview for those of you who have not seen Speed, which, first of all, why? Second of all, so lucky, because then now you get to watch it for the first time, and also 
we are going to spoil everything. So if you've not mm-hmm. seen it and you care about spoilers, stop listening now. Go watch it. Return. Yes. Then you'll love it. Um, I watched it for the first time semi-recently. Oh, so wow. So I'm kind of in a similar position to our listeners who might not have not Amazing. seen it. Amazing. Is that I saw it semi-recently, and as we all know from... The last episode, I have a notoriously unreliable memory when it comes to <laughs> plot points and the specifics of a given film. But I really, I here's what I nail. I nail tone. Yes. I nail theme. Mm-hmm. Well, tone and theme are very similar, but okay. <laughs> similar, but not the same. No, not the same as we learned in many of our film ah. classes that we took together. That's true. You really nail everything besides but the, plot. the plot. Yes. <laughs> um, so the general overview of Speed is basically Keanu, LAPD. It's also so fun watching movies now that we live in LA, made in LA. Yeah. It's fun to be like, oh, look at that. And essentially what it is, is that he's a police officer, there's a bomb on a bus, the bomb will go off if the bus goes under 50 miles an hour. That's like the very simple, like, one-liner of what this movie is about. It's a great hook. It, it's a really great concept. It keeps the tension up because it's like a very clear... The stakes are very clear, and the, the the objective is very clear, and that makes it fun to watch because then you just get to see characters in the situation and, like, how they react, what would they do, and try and, like, outwit the bomber. It's a great example of a film, just bit looking at the premise, of a film whose ethos is work smarter, not harder. Oh, yeah, for sure. As compared to Bram Stoker's Dracula, <laughs> where the inverse is true. It's work harder, not smarter. <laughs> work so hard with very little thought. Yeah. Um... So that is what most people, like, remember of the movie. It's, like, him on the bus with Sandy B. Um, oh, yes. That is true. Sandra, here, I will tell you the cast. Keanu Reeves. Dennis Hopper is the villain. Um, Sandra Bullock is in the bus. Mm-hmm. Ends up driving the bus. Learned how to drive a bus for this film. Amazing. Because she, Sandra Bullock is a lot of things. Lazy is not one of them. True that. She does not cut corners. She is a goddess. Oh, God, I Joe Morton and Jeff Daniels. Jeff Daniels plays the um, his partner, but his partner is... Well, we'll get into that in just a moment. So that is the thing that most people remember about Speed. Keanu, Sandy V on the bus. Yes. What they do not remember is the literal three whole minute intro of the movie <laughs> that is just an elevator shaft. Yes, I remember that. I remember just that. Just a long, long, long elevator shot. Yeah. For three minutes, Quinn, <laughs> as they're showing the entire cast, I literally had to pause the movie when it was done to be like, how fucking long was this? And let me tell you, it was a full 180 seconds. Oh my god. Of just going down. Like, I'm sorry, how tall is that building? I love that you timed it. <laughs> I love that so much. It's my first note. <laughs> Three whole minutes of just elevator. Yep, that's what it says. (laughs) Which I just think is the perfect beginning because it really does set the tone of the movie of like, what is going on? This is ridiculous. And also like kind of suspenseful Mm. because the movie opens with Dennis Hopper's character putting a bomb on an elevator Mm. and Keanu and Jeff Daniels being the police officers who are trying to like, A, dismantle the bomb, but also, like, save everybody inside of the elevator. It's very dramatic. It sets up their relationship. It sets up Dennis Hopper. It's a very good intro to a movie. Mm-hmm. Um, it really, like, sets the the whole milieu of the rest <laughs> up very nicely. And this actually is a very important part that I think most people forget, is that the reason Dennis Hopper is so mad and puts a bomb on the bus later 
is because Keanu and Jeff thwarted his plans. He mm-hmm. he tells Keanu, you know, this was something, this was like literally like his life's work. Like this mission, this bombing, he had worked years and years and years on and was thwarted. Mm-hmm. And so that's why he puts the bus on the bomb and calls the Keanu. Bomb on the bus. I'm so sorry. Yes, <laughs> the bomb on the bus. The bus on the bomb <laughs> goes <laughs> round and boom. Um yeah, so the, it, it becomes very personal. Mm-hmm. During that whole intro sequence, one of the most fun parts, and <laughs> yeah, so Keanu's like the young gun. He's the hot shot. Hot shot. And the loose cannon. At, and when he and Jeff Daniels are chatting, Jeff Daniels likes to give him like pop quizzes of like, what would you do in this situation? Mm-hmm. And he it's something about like, if you had a, a, a perp who had a hostage, what would you do? And Keanu says, shoot the hostage, which is one of, like, the most memorable lines, I think, from the movie. Yeah. Because then later on in that scene, Dennis Hopper grabs Jeff Daniels, is covered in a bomb, and Jeff Daniels whispers, shoot the hostage. Right. And so Keanu shoots him, shoots Jeff Daniels, so that he, like, falls and Dennis Hopper runs away, then blows up, and we think Dennis Hopper is dead. No, no, no. No, no, no. He is not dead. So anyway... That is the how it begins. Yes. <laughs> so the movie opens. And this is all important information for later. I don't know. But anyways, they right. both get medals. Oh, right. right After right. that, he gets promoted. Lots of publicity. Lots of publicity. The Jeff Daniels character has to do a desk job because he, you know, got shot in the leg. <laughs> oh, and he's mad at Keanu for shooting him. Yeah, but also, but like, kind of like jokingly mad. Like, okay. he saved his life. Right. Also. So he's like, oh, you fucking shot me. And... Mm-hmm. There's a funny scene when they're getting the medal where they're whispering to each other on stage. And Jeff is like, I can't believe you're getting a medal for shooting me. (laughs) Anyway, all of this is to say, it's like, oh, Keanu thinks on his feet. Super smart. Like, but maybe a little, but kind of reckless. So then we fast forward. A bus explodes. Keanu's like, what? Runs over to the bus for some reason. There's nothing he can do. Everyone is dead. Yeah. And then he hears the phone behind him. Oh, right. I remember yeah. this part. The phone booth. The phone booth. And he picks it up. Who is it? Dennis, Dennis Hopper's Hopper. character. And he's like, what? I thought you were dead. Blah, blah, blah. All this stuff. And then Dennis Hopper's like, no. On bus 2525, going from downtown to blah, 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 there's a bu- there's a bomb. So Keanu gets in his car. He speeds up next to the bus. He, like, keeps trying mm-hmm. to tell the bus driver to... To stop, not to stop, but like, there's a bomb on your bus, blah, 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 blah. And there's this crazy stunt where he is in a car, they open the bus doors, and then he goes from the car to the bus. Mm-hmm. Keanu did that stunt. That's amazing. Isn't that amazing? Of course he did. He did it. The director did not want him doing that stunt, so he practiced it in secret. Oh my god. <laughs> and then was like able to do it and it was a very dangerous stunt and it looked amazing and good for you Keanu it did look amazing so essentially then the rest of the movie is him being on this bus shit happens the bus driver gets shot has to get taken off the bus Sandra Bullock becomes the bus driver (laughs) so he she like helps Keanu and then it's just like driving around yeah they drive around. They end up at the airport. They end up at the airport and they're like, oh, Jack, so smart. Because then he can just like go in circles and circles and circles. But before that, basically his boss, the Joe Morton's character, mm-hmm. clears a highway and like all of this stuff. And it, very quickly on in the movie, it's like everybody knows we're all on the case. Right. How do we, how do we solve this? And at one point, they're on this freeway and Joe Morton calls Keanu and is like, 
the highway is not finished. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he's like, what do you mean it's not finished? And, and he's like, yeah, up ahead, there's a 50-foot gap. Yeah. A 50-foot gap. Yeah, I definitely remember this scene. Which I, I mean, it's like probably the most famous scene yes. from the movie. Iconic. Crazy, crazy fucking things in this scene. A, they 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 drive the bus. He's Keanu is like, here's what we're going to do. We're going to go faster. We're going to go faster towards this ginormous fucking... Gap? Yeah, in the road. And Sandra's and like, I'm sorry, what? It's, it's not just that the freeway, it, the free, it's it's an over-ramp, is it, right? It's like, and it's like a straight drop. Yeah. There's like pillars underneath it. So it's not like they just go off the road. It's like unpaved. Oh, no, no, no. It's, it's like, like a, very high up. Yes, yes, that's a great point. And Keanu's like, no, no, we can make it. Because it's an interchange, there might be, it might be elevated. Which is a line I had never heard before. Because the most kooky part about the scene is that the bus <laughs> is just like going, going, going straight. And then all of a sudden goes off of a ramp that doesn't exist. Yeah, yeah. Like it just shoots up into the air yes. and then lands. Another crazy thing about that stunt. Uh-huh. Obviously they did not really drive a bus over a 50 foot gap. But they did drive a bus off of a ramp so that they could get the image of the bus jumping. That's crazy. It is crazy. And the stunt driver who did it, it was so dangerous because they were, they thought that perhaps the pressure of landing would like break his spine. Oh my God. Obviously it did not, which is great. But like, I mean, it's a great scene. Yeah. It feels like a bridge too far. (laughs) A gap too far. Really great work. An overpass too far. (laughs) (laughs) So that part is fucking bonkers. Yeah. You could really get away with that stuff in the 90s. It's honestly so true. And then, so they basically figure out that like the guy, Dennis Hopper's character, has a camera in the bus and he can see them in the bus and that's how he knows what's going on because they keep thinking that he knows what's happening because of like the news um, choppers and all that stuff and Keanu's like get them out he, they can't be here blah 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 because one of the rules is no one can get off the bus right and Keanu's thinking is like well if we get the choppers away and then we can get like this police vehicle next to it we can get everybody off without him knowing mm-hmm. but no 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 that is not what happens because they get the driver off because he's injured and then another woman is like I need to get off too is desperate. I hated her. I know. It's very, it's, it's upsetting. And he does detonate one bomb that is on the bus. It Can blows I up. Can interrupt briefly? Yes, because please. I just remembered something about that opening scene in the elevator. Amazing. Yes. Do you know when they're evacuating everybody off the yeah. elevator? Okay, this drove me absolutely insane. There's that one woman yeah. who is like freaking out. She's like, I can't do it. I yeah. would push her. Like, you are going to die and you're going to bring everybody else down with you. I don't care if you want to do it. Throw her out. Well, she was the last one. Yeah. Fucking annoying. Yeah. I mean, it's because it kept, like, moving down. And so they kept thinking that she was going to get, like, Squished. chopped in half. But, yeah, it was, it's a very, it's a stressful opening. That really irked me. I get that. Yeah. <laughs> That's I, I, I hear you. Say. And this, it's sort of like, there's sort of parallels, right? There's like that lady at the beginning and there's a lady who's like, I gotta get off, right? That's true. And so he detonates a small oh. bomb and that's when Keanu's like, he can see us from the choppers. Anyway, it isn't until much later that he realizes that there is a video inside of the bus mm-hmm. because Dennis Hopper keeps calling Sandra Bullock a wildcat, which right. he would only know because she was wearing an Arizona sweatshirt and their 
um, mascot is the wildcat. Is the wildcat. Yes. And that is how Keanu figures it out. Mm-hmm. And he says it like multiple times, which is like, Dennis, why are you doing that? It feels like you're really trying to give it away. Mm. And also Keanu, it takes him like three phone calls to figure it out, which is like, okay, I get it because it's like, it's a two hour movie, but I need pressure. to like develop yeah. time, whatever. So then he's like, we're going to loop it. And then somehow with like the cameras from the news, they're like, whatever. And so they loop it. And so he gets, they get all of the people off. He and Sandy B have a very romantic moment because they have to get off last where they like skid off. Mm-hmm. I with remember part that. of the bus and land in each other's arms. And it's great. And it's like, oh, everything is solved. No, 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 no. Dennis Hopper realizes that there's a loop, gets very angry the money that he um, was asking for as a ransom, mm-hmm. which I get, I mean, that's like the whole fucking point is that he wanted money and it's like, I will not detonate the bomb if you give me $3 million. He gets, he gets the money from underneath a trash can because they put it in a trash can ah, and they're monitoring it and right. they're like, we will watch. I remember this part. But then they realize the money is moving because there's a tracker in it and he just got it from below. He kidnaps Sandra, Sandra Bullock, Bullock right. puts some C4 on her. Mm-hmm. It's a whole thing. Goes down into, like, the metro line. Puts her on the metro. This is now, like, they're, they're in stuff. Pershing Square, right? Isn't that where that scene, where the trash can is? It's, like, in, I don't know. I think it's in downtown L.A. Sure. It's in, like, a recognizable location. I believe you. Great. Um, and then, basically, through some things, Keanu and Dennis Hopper end up on top of the train. Yeah. And Keanu kills him. Right. <laughs> because he... Forces his head up and his head runs into a light and he gets like decapitated. And at one point he says he loses. At one point Keanu's like, yeah, he lost his head. Which is just like, oh, wow. And Dennis Hopper, when he is on top of Keanu, is like, ah, you think you're so smart, but I'm... Dennis Hopper's whole thing is that like, he is the mastermind. I am so smart. Nobody is smarter than me. Yeah. A narcissist. You know, classic. Yeah, so he goes, you think you're so much smarter than me. Keanu pushes his head up. His head gets hit by the light. He uh-huh. dies. And then Keanu kind of lifts his head up because he's laying down. And he he looks off into where Dennis Hopper's head probably flung and goes, yeah, but I'm taller. <laughs> Who knows why? <sighs> Nobody. And then in a shocking turn of events where it's like, I'm sorry, what was happening in the writer's room? Uh-huh. Do movies have writer's rooms? I don't know how these things work. <laughs> All of a sudden, we hear from the, like, little speaker mm-hmm. where the driver is, and it is um, Keanu's boss, right. who's like, man, oh, man, you won't believe this. The track isn't finished. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Again? So nice, they did it twice. Again? <laughs> and then you, like, cut to all of the people, like, working mm-hmm. on the track. And I then mean, yeah. Keanu is like, look. He, like, tries to stop it. And Sandra can't. Bullock is still in the train car. I'm so sorry. She is in the train car, handcuffed. Yes. To a pole. To a pole. So she can't get out. They have... The bomb is no longer an issue because, mm-hmm. you know... It's been diffused. Whatever. Blah, blah, blah. And then again, Keanu is like, you know what the solution to this problem is? Speed up! <laughs> He's like, because there is a curve, if we go fast enough, we'll get off the rails and right. we won't end up, you know, like running into all of these people and dying. And so they go faster, go off the rails, and then, like a submarine, yeah. breach, <laughs> breach Los Angeles. 
and just come out of yeah. the underground. Onto fucking 7th Street Yeah, onto like just a full street. And then he and s- basically Sandra Bullock the entire time was like, leave. Like, you can't save me. Mm-hmm. It's fine. Leave. Like, I will die. You go. And Keanu, Av's not going to leave Sandy B. Yeah, he's just, like, you're the hottest woman I've ever seen. I mean... Am I right or am I right? Yeah. <laughs> and just like sits with her and like holds her. Aww. It's very beautiful. And then it, you know, gets into LA and then they just start kissing on the train and all of these tourists just start taking pictures. Yeah, and like that's how it ends. They're not injured at all? A, they are not injured. And then also it like barely almost hits a, t- um, a tour bus. Right. Like a one of those like uh, star, yeah, star house tours. tours or whatever. And all of the people on the bus are like, that wasn't at all frightening. Let me just get out and take some pictures. Right. That would be... They think they're at, like, Universal Studios and it's, like, a fun stunt. Sure. That would make more sense because <laughs> it's very confusing. Anyway. Can we rewrite speed? We should. Well, there's also... There is speed to cruise control. Mm. That um, is unwatchable, and I know this because I have not watched it. Uh-huh. And I will tell you that Keanu fully turned it down. Oh. Because he was like, this script is fucking terrible. Wow. Which, like, for Keanu to be like, I shan't be in this movie. I draw the line at speed, too. <laughs> like, you know that must have been bad. Yeah. Yes. Bad. Apparently it's with a boat instead of a bus. Okay. And it's like, guys, why mess with perfection? Yeah. Speed, the original, is a perfect movie it really is it's it's really well done and it doesn't take itself too seriously no it um it understands the genre it understands its audience hells yes and it's fun like it is it is there is a a psychological component of like oh how are they gonna outwit this guy Mm -hmm. at one point keanu has to stab the gas tank and they're running out of gas it's just it's a whole so many stressful situations but like you know that they're gonna get out of it okay can you imagine what when when this do you know who was the screenwriter on this movie? Okay, so that actually segues perfectly into my next point. Oh, okay, great. It was written by Graham Yost. Okay. However, mm. I read in an article entitled 21 20 Crazy Details Behind the Making of Speed. Love it. That actually Joss Whedon Whedon oh. wrote about 98% that makes of sense. the dialogue. Oh, interesting. Isn't that weird? Yeah. Especially now that we know that he's a terrible person. Yeah. Oh, that's unfortunate. Also not surprising. But that makes sense. Like, just knowing his style of writing. Yeah. Uh, that makes, you know, that tracks for me. Um, um, but can you imagine what what the outline of this movie looked like? <laughs> I'm sure it was fucking bonkers. I'm sure it was insane. I would love to read, like, an outline version of the script. Not, like, a draft of the script. I want to read, like, an early like version the first, of the outline. Yeah, like, the storyboard version. I can very easily understand how they pitched this movie. Oh, yeah. That makes perfect sense. This seems like a very easy movie to pitch. Like, like you said, the stakes are very clear. The premise is really hooky mm-hmm. and interesting. We all understand the stakes and the drama of it. It's got, like, hot, fun, talented mm-hmm. actors. Yeah. And it's like an action movie with crazy stunts where stuff blows up. Yeah. People love that. So fun. (laughs) But I want to know when they were like two thirds of the way into developing it, how how then did they justify their choices? (laughs) I think a fun thing about this movie too is like, if you think of action adventure, I mean now, I mean it's hard to say because obviously he did The Matrix, John Wick are both very like action-y, but when you think of like a thriller action movie I don't think Keanu Reeves and Jeff Daniels. No. Like, that is not 
the first, not that Jeff Daniels is doing like all the crazy stuff. He's doing a lot of stuff like on the phone and like figures out the bomb things and is like, we should be looking at cops. And then we find out Dennis Hopper is a former cop, blah, 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 all that stuff. But I also thought that was fun. Like, Mm -hmm. yes, we've seen Keanu in the Matrix. Yes, we've seen Keanu in John Wick. But this is more of like a... It's, It's honestly pretty close to his character in Point Break. Yeah, which came out, he actually is quoted as saying that a lot of the experience he had on Point Break, like, researching police, Mm -hmm. was very helpful Yeah, for this movie. Okay, so now that we are done with the synopsis portion of this, here are just some other crazy facts about speed. The facts have already been so fun and so crazy. First of all, the movie tested so well with test audiences... That they moved the release date forward. Wow. Instead, You know how usually it's like, oh, it did really poorly. We need to push the release date back. Yes. They were like, great. Ready to go. Let's fucking <laughs> love do it. this. It made a shit ton of money. It won Dose Academy Awards. That's amazing. Which is cray cray. What were the Academy Awards for? Best sound effects, editing, and best sound. Um, it grossed $350.4 million. Wow. In 1994 money. In, yeah. 94 money. And it had a $37 million budget. That's crazy. So it made like... Over 10 times the amount that it took them. Or about 10 times the amount, um, which is great. And Quentin Tarantino apparently was supposed to direct it, uh, which is bizarre. I'm glad he didn't. I know, me too. <laughs> he it, shouldn't get to direct. Yeah. I mean, you. I mean, tell me what you think of this theory, Renee. Mm-hmm. I think there's probably a reason that Quentin Tarantino is most famous for directing movies he also wrote and just, like, directing and producing and creating his own shit. It's probably because he's not necessarily a pleasure to work with. I'm sorry, Quentin Tarantino seems like the easiest person. (laughs) Whatever do you mean, Quentin? And perhaps not the most willing collaborator. Yes. Well, he passed (laughs) to work on Pulp Fiction. So, like, good for you, Quentin. Like, you really got your most uh, iconic... I would argue Pulp Fiction is his most iconic work, but anyway. Not my my favorite, but definitely his most iconic for sure. Yeah. When do I get to talk about Sandra Bullock? Okay, in just a moment, because I took notes on what I know that you're about to say, (laughs) just to give some contextual details. Good, good, good. good. So you may begin speaking about Sandy B. Sandra Bullock, as we all know, is a shining light. She is beautiful, of course. But I think her real beauty does come from within. She just has such a light, warm spirit. And that really comes through. And of course, yes, she's physically attractive. Like, she's got a very symmetrical face and, like, nice hair, what have you. She, like, fits our our society's attractive beauty norms, whatever. All this to say... She's a pleasure to watch in pretty much any capacity. She's easy to watch. She is so easy to watch. She's relatable. She's funny. She's emotional. She's vulnerable. She's everything you want in a leading lady. Yeah. So then tell me (laughs) why the costume department put her in that hideous blouse. (laughs) And then why everyone else... The director, the producers, her, and Keanu. How did they let that happen? The whole, almost the entire motherfucking movie, she is in that frumpy, tasteless, boring, shapeless blouse. Is it the blouse or is it the sweater that she takes off? It's 
she's also wearing, in the end, she's in like a tank top or a yeah. t-shirt. She has something, a, a blouse over it. Okay, yeah, because it's like a tank top, a blouse, and then the Arizona sweatshirt. I don't care about the sweatshirt. Oh, you're not talking about the sweatshirt. Because it's a plot point. Okay, because I was going to say she takes off the sweatshirt at 54 minutes. The sweatshirt <laughs> is fine, but then you still, it's how long is the movie? Two hours. Okay, so then for another almost hour, you have to watch her in just that hideous blouse. That's fair. It it, it does nothing but distract you from the quality of her work, which in this film is very high. It is. As a viewer, as a woman. I as was a in, fan. As a fan, <laughs> I was incensed <laughs> that we could let this happen to her. It's true. No, but when she at the end, when she is just in the tank top, looks great. Regardless, it's awful. It's not great. And she's there's all these shots of her like working so hard to drive the bus, and it's like just take it off, girl. <sighs> it's like, true. It's very flowy. It's I very, feel like you would have taken that off by now, girl. Especially uh, that you had a tank top on under it. It's the worst of the '90s, honestly. I'm so sorry. Everything I hate about the '90s. I actually like the sweatshirt. Oh, I guess it is a dress. Well, it's hideous. It's atrocious. It's a crime against humanity. <laughs> That they put her in that ugly, 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 ugly garment. It's good that she otherwise is so stunning. She's so stunning that it really, like, It almost ruined the movie for me. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) I'm being very dramatic. One of the world's most radiant creatures is put in this shroud. Why? Maybe that was the point. Maybe it was to make her more, uh, like, pedestrian. I like, every hated day. it. Because she's running for the bus at the beginning. I know, but I don't watch, we don't watch these movies for accuracy and That's relatability. True. That's accurate. I did not watch Speed for a slice of life. No. No. If she was playing, like, some kind of boring accountant, <laughs> fine. But she is supposed to be the, le- the leading lady in an action movie. Forgive me for wanting more. I mean, as we've noted so many times just in our lives, women in action movies rarely are wearing the right things. It's true. And it's not like I need her to be wearing less. I'm not talking about oh, no, 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 no. I know. I know you're not. I know you do, but I'm, I'm, I'm making myself very Thank clear. You. Yeah, yeah. I'm clarifying. I'm not saying that she needs to be in like a skimpy outfit or anything. Like, I don't want more skin. I just don't want it to be an eyesore. Okay. I love how much you hate it. Just put her in a t- like a gray t-shirt or just a sweatshirt. Why couldn't it have been a pullover? Yeah, that's true. I have thoughts on some looks in this movie as well. Okay, great. And it is mostly, and bear with me here, because I'm going to say it and your immediate reaction is going to be like, <laughs> no. But then you're going to think about it. Okay. And it's going to be like, mm, actually, okay. So, <laughs> so bear with me here. At times uh-huh. in the movie, basically Dennis Hopper's character is just like in his weird little apartment the entire time and like surrounded being, by TVs being just being fucking man. creepy. Yeah. Um, and Doing every, what Dennis Hopper does yeah, best. absolutely. And every once in a while when you get like a glimpse of his face, he just looks like an older, angrier Owen Wilson. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry. Look at this photo and tell me. <laughs> you can't. That it doesn't look like an older, angrier Owen Wilson. Ladies and gentlemen, she had the Google Images page at the ready. Seriously, though, it's the nose. It's because they both have that weird little, like, I see it. And you know what? I see it. And in the eyebrows, I see it. It's really more in motion. I I would recommend watching it and thinking about it. No, this frame where he's, like, kind of, and, like, that quizzical expression Mm -hmm. that is just plastered always on Owen Wilson's face. It's, I, I see it. 
Thank for you. sure. Thank I see you. it. I stand by it. I think it's more evident in the movie, so I highly recommend yeah. having that image in your head. And yeah, this one on him looking up, I think, really honestly, exemplifies Dennis it. Dennis Hopper really sells this part, and he he makes the movie work. Like, it would be so much less believable, but I watched that movie, and I truly believed that he is fucking unhinged. That's the, that's the great thing about this movie, is that, as we said, it's fun because the stakes are high, but the stakes can only be high if you believe the characters, if, if you invested. believe the situation. Yes. And as crazy as the movie is, as silly as the movie is, you do believe, like, yeah. they really do play it earnestly and genuinely, and that is where the enjoyment comes of, like, yes, I mean, why do we watch movies? We watch movies to, like, from a safe distance, watch situations that we would never want to be in, but yeah. would want to be like, oh, that is interesting. I wonder what I would do in that situation, or I wonder how they're going to get out of that situation. Yeah, you're seeing yourself in all those situations. Exactly. And... That's the fun thing about the movie, Mm -hmm. is that they all are very genuine. They feel very three-dimensional. I really enjoy the fact that, and this is something I had completely forgotten, that it is so personal to Dennis Hopper's character that he really, like, this is a real, like, I am going to avenge, you know, this thing that didn't happen. And I think that's, like, the key ingredient to having a good villain in any genre is, like, it has to be somebody... It has to be personal to them, right? Like, and it has to be specific. They have to be motivated by something that we all experience. Mm -hmm. And we all experience jealousy. We all experience, like, greed to some extent, resentment, anger. Totally. uh, Like, feeling overlooked or misjudged. And, like, all of those things are very relatable. And we all feel that way to some extent. And that's why those villains are, like, so compelling and so scary. Because we kind of see ourselves there to some extent. Because it makes sense. Because it's like, yes, I wouldn't go to that degree, but I see, I see the kernel of where you, why you're doing what you're doing. Totally. And sometimes there are also very fun villains where it's like, who knows, and it's always a mystery. Yeah. But I think for the most part, I agree with you of like, you also find out that he, um, so he used to be a cop and he got like that cheap retirement watch mm. and he uses the watch in the bomb. Right. As like a message about how he worked and he has a disfigured hand because he was in the mm. bomb unit and all of that stuff. And it does become very like... Obviously, I would not do that, but it's like, oh, I see where you're coming from. Totally. And I see that this thing got thwarted before. And the funny thing is that he was like, I spent my entire life doing this, you know, the plan for the right. bombing at the beginning. And seemingly the bus bomb idea, then it's like, I'm sorry, did you just throw that one together? That because was plan that, B. That was see, the backup plan. Because that was also very well thought out. So it's like, did you just have like seven of these ready That was go? just the warm-up exercise, I think. And, and yeah, the bus is definitely more dramatic than the elevator. So it's funny that the elevator is the one that he was like so attached to. Yeah. <laughs> and was like pretty easily debunked, like not yeah. debunked, but like pretty easily was able to save everybody and it yeah. was fine. Yeah. Um, and so then you also get that his backstory for the bus is like, he takes a lot of pride in being like the smartest one in the room. Right. And Keanu being Keanu is not smarter, but taller. Taller. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. I completely forgot to mention, spoiler, spoiler, spoilers. Jeff Daniels dies. Yeah. I was, I saved it. I in didn't the movie. say it. Great I waited until the end of the podcast. It's crazy. Cause then, they, cause they figure out who it is. Right. They find his house and mm-hmm. then stupidly just go in. They They're just, just like, right let's in. just go right in. That was so it's dumb. Like, I'm sorry. This is a very experienced bomber who, oh, and Jeff Daniels' character mentions this. He's like, one of the interesting things about him is that many bombers have a signature. And the mm-hmm. thing that's so crazy about this villain is that, like, every single bomb he's made has been completely different. Like, right. he doesn't have a signature. So you also get the sense that this is much more than, like, just a psychopath, like, serial killer 
and more like, yes, I really want to be so smart and show off my intelligence. And then Jeff Daniels is like, let's just go into his house that blows up. Yeah, I don't understand why he would go right in. Although, knowing the LAPD, as we do living in Los Angeles, they do a lot of really fucking stupid, stupid shit. Things. Stupid things. So like, I, blow up an entire neighborhood. You know, I was literally thinking about that the other day. Just for no reason. It just makes me mad. But anyway. Yeah, it's deeply upsetting. It is not great. Um, that's speed. <laughs> <laughs> it is currently available on HBO Max. Um... <laughs> Which is where I watched it. Um, there is a Speed 2 that I just... Nobody should ever watch, I don't think. Cruise Control. Cruise Control. Sandra B is in it. Wow. Which is I, sad. I will say, her and Keanu have really impeccable chemistry in they this movie. They honestly do. It's funny because I, I... Watching the movie obviously know that they end up together. But what I like about it is that they... Through the progression of the movie of them working together... They really like respect and rely on each other. It's mm-hmm. not like oh, I'm the action hero, and at the end, like, kiss the woman yeah. who just happened to be there. You, They really went through it together. And then Sandra Bullock says the funny thing at the end where she's like, you know, relationships mm-hmm. that come out of stressful situations rarely last. Uh-huh. And she says that to him after the bus, and then after the um, train, he says it to her. Right. And he says, you know, relationships based on stressful situations usually don't work out. And then she goes, well, I guess we'll just have to base it on sex then. And it's like, <laughs> yes, Sandra, you take control of your sexual power. I know. I liked that like, line. <laughs> and she's like, yeah. And she's on top of him and gives him a fucking kiss. And she's like, yeah. And it's like, yes, girl. This was a very stressful situation. You released that energy. And also, like, after the day they've had. You, you just got to go fuck it out. Yeah. You know? They, they deserve it, honestly. <laughs> they deserve it. They deserve each other. They are both beautiful people. They look hot as hell together. Yes. And it's like, yeah, good for you, girl. She really takes control in a lot of ways that I like. And I think she surprises herself as Ooh. the character. Yeah. Because at the beginning, it's like she's running for the bus and she's like, oh, no, like flailing around. And then by the end, it's like, <laughs> nah, I'm a fucking hero. Yes. So I love that. Good for you. Mm-hmm. And we can all rise to the occasion. Hopefully, if the situation presents itself. Thank you. Yes, quit. May we all be as calm, cool, and collected, plucky, and determined as Sandra Bullock is in the movie Speed. Uh, for the rest of our lives, yeah. <laughs> uh, Sandra B can do no wrong. <sighs> Segment time? Segment time. Segment time. I love it. It's our new little... I'll make up a new one every episode. Perfect. Good. Today's segment... Is this, I believe. Yes. Which are things that things we have very strong opinions about. Yeah. That are perhaps we shouldn't. Like, it's too small. Too mm-hmm. small of things. Yes. <laughs> but things that we firmly believe as true, true with a capital T. Yeah. Just universal truths. Yes. Is how I will say it. Mm-hmm. I have just spoken a lot. So, Quinn, would you like to go first? I would like to go first. Tell me. Okay. It's about crystals. Okay. Living in Los Angeles, oh, as goodness, we do, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. we encounter them. And we encounter crystal people. I know and love many crystal people. Everybody has somebody in their life who loves crystals. It's so true. And here's the thing. At first, I perhaps was like, this is just stupid. I don't like it. I reject this idea. It's silly. All of these weird gentrified stores are selling crystals for $30. Crystals and candles, whole empires are being built on crystals and candles. Goop being an excellent example. And then I got a little older and I moved on with my life. So that was perhaps my initial curmudgeon idea. Sure. 
And now my feeling is really this. I don't think that crystals are any dumber than any other religion. I think if it means something to you, fine. I mean, I, it's actually, I don't think it's that deep because like, I think crystals are a part of spirituality for some people, but it's not like... An entire... Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not quite as um, developed as most, sure. uh, you know, organized religion. No, but as something that is spiritually yes. fulfilling... How is it different than any other? But here's what I'll really say. And this is this is actually what I believe. Okay. <laughs> if you like it, and you like the way it looks, and you like the way it feels, and the like you like the way you feel when you have it in your home, you like looking at it, you like having it around, it feels like something that completes you, fine. I love that. I'm so happy for you. But don't try to tell me that it's doing anything. That's really, that is really what I believe. Like, I... Here's the thing. I don't think there's anything wrong or silly or stupid about just, like, having things around that you like. Like, that that yeah. is, everybody should have that. Everybody should have that luxury. We all own things that, you know, on balance are meaningless, but they mean something to us. And, like, and I think that's great. But don't try and tell me that they're going to, like, clear up your skin or your energy or, like, it's fine. Like, you just like it. You just like it. It's just pretty and you like it and it makes you feel good and that's enough. That is enough. Yeah, don't try to cure my cancer. No. With, uh, sorry, I shouldn't say I don't have cancer. But <laughs> I'm, not like, I'm not like the, the royal, like... Although I wouldn't put it past you to be like, don't tell me it's going to clear my cancer that I will have in the future. I mean, I was saying this the other night. We're all going to have cancer at some point. Like, we're all going to live long enough to, like, develop yeah, a cancer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We have so many shitty shits in our food and water. We're all going to get cancer at some point. Yeah. That is beside the point. Yes. No, it's when people get, like, really overboard with, like... I mean, it's the same with literally anything. It's like, you love, you know... I was going to say grilled cheese, but, like, so many people love grilled cheese. <laughs> like, you know, love the thing that you love. Mm-hmm. Totally fine. You don't have to justify it, is, you I think, the point. don't need to justify it at all. But then don't try to be, like, this will solve all of your problems. Yes. It's like, if it has helped you, great. To summarize, you don't have to justify it, and you don't have to evangelize about it. Mm-hmm. Have it, own it, love it, I support you. Don't try and convert me. You're wasting both of our time. Yeah. You know? That's how I feel about people who are vegan. Yeah. So this, I, that, that's my first this I believe. I like it. That was much more, um, I think, thoughtful <laughs> than what we usually do. My second one is so petty, so I'm excited okay, great. for the next one. Here's the thing. I have five to choose from. <laughs> and they're all good. But I... This is so typical of us because I underprepare... And I like to think most of the time I over-deliver based on the amount of preparation that I do. And you over-prepare and then psych yourself up so much. <laughs> you just get excited because I know I'm going to tell you and it's just fine. I okay. know, it's so cute. I'm going to give you two that you have not heard before. Okay, great. That you don't know about. Okay. One, selling pies for $40 should, <laughs> should be illegal. <laughs> it pisses me off. The other, a few months ago, I was going to a friend's house. I was tasked with bringing dessert. Uh-huh. Pie is one of my favorite desserts. And I was Same. like, great. I'll bring a pie. It's like, it's a, it's different. That's fun. Went to three motherfucking patisseries. And I shit you not, they were all, they all had full pies for $35 to $50. $50 and for I a pie? almost started yelling. I will also note that she burned into the ground. None of these patisseries are still standing. They don't exist anymore. (laughs) If I had anything to fucking say about it. One of them 
looked like a jewelry store. Oh my God. Like there were black, like, what are those called? Like plinths? What are those? Like fucking... Obelisks? Like uh, monoliths of just... <laughs> With a single pie on top of it. Oh, my as God. It, under a glass case. No. And I was like, I, I hate you. I hate you. Anyway, so then I went to Sprouts and got a reasonably priced pie, and it was delicious. I'm sure it was. So, yeah. This, I believe, pie for $40 should be a crime. Here's the thing. I'll pay $20 for a good pie. Sure. Fine. 25 plus tip. Sure. I will not spend more than that. No. And nor should you. Yeah. When... Fucking Ralph's exists. I totally agree. Or also your kitchen. Also your kitchen. But like a pie on the go, you know. Yeah, for sure. Sprouts $15 pie. Delicious. Sprouts is great. Sprouts is great. Okay. This I also believe. Text has no place on a pillow. (laughs) Okay. Yeah, we we knew we were going to get that. Text has no place on a pillow. I get it. People do needlepoint. They do embroidery. That's great. Put it on a wall. Put it, frame it. That's, that's like a normal thing Put to do. Put it on a shirt. It, then it's basically a poster, right? Or mm-hmm. a t-shirt, right? We agree that text can be on a t-shirt or on a wall or on a page. Text does not belong on a pillow. It just doesn't. It's, it's gonna, you're gonna hate it. You're gonna hate it in a few years. You just are. They're always ugly. They always look cheap. They always make me want to, like, throw up and cry. Cry until I throw up. Is how I feel. It's funny. I have a decorative pillow in my apartment that has text on it. Well, I'm sure yours is fine, but like, you know. It's a gift. Yeah. (laughs) What if I gave it to you and you just fucking exposed me? What if I was just like, quit? (laughs) It was a gift from you. (laughs) No, it wasn't. No, obviously not. Yes. Text has no place on a pillow. I think get it somewhere else. There's a line. There's like a line and we all know what it is. It's not dissimilar from your pies. I feel like it's gone too far with the, with the, with the. With the cutesy exactly. decorative pillows. And now they're charging like 40, 50 bucks for a pillow. And it, I, I'm sorry. It's just unacceptable. Look, if you, I will, my only pushback will be this. If you want to take the time to embroider something that you want on a pillow to either give as a gift or keep for yourself, like, fine. I have issue with like the Ross pillows that are just, it's the same thing about the mugs. It's the same sentiment. It is the same sentiment. You know? And and that's really what I'm talking about. These, yeah. like, mass-produced Yes, it's that. It's the, ma- it's the mass-produced things that are trying to look like one of a kind. Yes. Can I also say this? I have a third this, I believe. Oh, that okay. So you do another one. And then I, I just, this made me think of a third one. Okay. It's related. Do you, I mean, do you just want to go into it? Okay, here's I, what it is. And then I can just do two. Yeah, so. great. So here's here's another one that is that is related to this topic. I also hate and can't stand how many pillows, shirts, cups, mugs, everything have for almost 99.9% of the time marketed to women yeah. ha- are all like wine themed, alcohol themed, yeah. drinking themed, me getting wasted themed. I think that is like, first of all, fucked up. We should not be encouraging that level of drinking to the point where it's part of, If drinking is a part, part of, of your, your identity... If it's part yeah. of your personality, you have a problem. I'm sorry. Yeah. And I think a lot of people who claim that wine is part of their personality, like, aren't alcoholics. No. But it's just like that, ooh, I'm edgy because I drink wine? Can't fucking stand it. I'm sorry. Like, wine... Everybody drinks. I mean, everybody who's not, who does isn't sober. Like, we, it's just... It's around. Yeah. You're not... That's not cute. That's not new. It's very, um, it's very marketed towards, like, suburban moms. It's so patronizing. And, and that's the thing that makes me mad is, like, I'm sorry, 
if me being a mom makes you think that my entire personality is just like, oh, drinking to get through the day, then, like, I think it's really a comment on what we think women do and what their personality should be. Yeah, and what we think motherhood does to people. Like, how fucked up is that? I totally get that. I think it started out as kind of, like, probably a fun thing of, like, oh, yeah. I, th- the thing that's frustrating about it, actually, mm-hmm. is this. I think the original idea of the, like, I drink wine so I'm, like, a fun mom. Uh-huh. If I'm if I'm thinking about this correctly, and it's our podcast, so whatever, this is the truth, <laughs> that it seems to me that it actually did come out of, because it, I think it, it started, like, on TV shows and uh-huh. in movies. I think it did come out of women empowerment, of, like, yes. we are women, sometimes we need to take a break. We aren't perfect all the time, and yeah. sometimes that means sitting down, having a glass of wine, and it was less about, like, the alcohol and more about, like, no, we aren't, like, cookie cutter. We don't just drive minivans and we don't blah, 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 where when our husbands are, like, off at the bar. Yeah, we can, but like, then, let loose and enjoy our lives. Exactly. Yeah. But then society did what it always does. Yeah. And then was like, great, we're going to market that, make it an entire personality trait, and make a shit ton of money off of women yeah. buying it. <laughs> and money off of women hating themselves. Like, I'm sorry, if you're drinking that much wine, that you have it on pillows and t-shirts and cups and shit, you're drinking too much wine. There was a funny SNL bit, actually, that was about this, where it was a, yeah. a woman's birthday, and they kept giving her gifts, and they all were like, it's wine o'clock. And she was like, do we have a problem? <laughs> <laughs> and it's true. How, when did that become a personality trait? Yeah, I'm, I'm sure I'm just, like, tapping into something that is just, like, in the ether. I'm sure, you know, a lot of people are also thinking and feeling it. Yeah. But yes, obviously, our culture's relationship with alcohol is super problematic. Yeah. And in this country specifically, because this is what I have the most experience with, sure. the culture around drinking is like really toxic, really unhealthy. There's not really, it's not really educational or informative. You're not encouraged to be intentional about how you consume alcohol. In fact, you're discouraged yeah. from being intentional about it. And that's what I think it really gets down to. Um, in the midst of all the like weird marketing towards women and like misogyny well, bullshit. I mean, if you just think about how alcohol is presented differently to men and women. Completely. Even just, like, have you seen a beer commercial? Yes, and I have. And then have you seen, like, a white wine commercial? Mm-hmm. Like, they are... And that's true of marketing just regardless. Like, of course, different things are marketed different ways. But wine is always, like, the, like, female, like, appropriate drink as a... It's, like, the the counterpart of beer. Like, how yes. beer is casual. Mm-hmm. And it's like, no, you could also... Like, drink too much beer. Like, <laughs> Yeah. And there are so many things sold to men also that are like, this is my man cave beer. Yeah. It, they really go hand in hand. Yeah. And I believe that's wrong. I believe you. Great. <laughs> okay. Do yours. Do yours. Okay. I have uh, two. Um, one of them really needs no explanation. How, uh, how to phrase this? I don't believe. <laughs> I don't believe anyone is from Delaware. <laughs> I know, I know, factually, that can't be true, but in my heart, what is Delaware? <laughs> Moving right along. It's you're... such a small state, and it's such, in such a weird place. Like, you might as well just say you're from Maryland. That's the thing about the East Coast, is like, well, first, as we've established in many episodes, I'm horrible at geography. But the thing about the East Coast that makes it even more confusing, I don't know if I've said this on the pod, but I've definitely said it to you. The East Coast is like the foot of America because you know how your foot has like a, bunch a million of toes. Totally. I mean, not toes. Bones. Yeah. You know how your feet have, have, a have a million toes? 
Renee, <laughs> you should go to a podiatrist. No, you know how your feet have just like a million bones and they're all kind of just like weirdly yeah. crammed together yes. and somehow make something? And sometimes there's a bunion in there. That's what I picture the East Coast as, is like all those tiny little states that are just kind of like blooped together. I really think the like East Coast elitism has gone too far for too long. I mean... To be fair, we have a lot of West Coast elitism also. There's elitism all around. All the coasts. But I don't think the East Coast should have so much. I don't think anybody should have it. Well, because the East Coast's elitism is like, we're tough. Whereas West Coast elitism is like, we're chill. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I I don't like it. It's annoying. Okay. My last one. This is what we will end you end on. And as we mentioned last time, it's, um... It's appropriate for the time that we are recording. Okay, great. Perhaps not appropriate when it comes out, but whatever. It's still a belief that I will have then. Okay. This I believe. Uh Uh-huh. Spirit Halloween stores (laughs) are a cover for the mob. (laughs) Just hear me out. Hear me out. How? What is... What is the hierarchy of the Spirit Halloween (laughs) empire? Because they only are in business two months out of the year. Yeah. What do they do the rest of the year? How do they make money throughout the rest of the year? I don't fucking know. You know, that would be an incredible podcast <laughs> series you. about the business models of Spirit, oh, Spirit? Halloween you, they, Yeah. I, I think it's, like, really quite appropriate that they, like, kind of take over dead stores because I think it's, like, spooky and fun. Yeah. It's like we are re... What's it called when, like, reanimating yeah. a, a store and you can always, like, see the outline of, like fucking mermans and then the just i like that they don't even like try to make it like it's just a banner they just throw a banner and they're like good enough their overhead must be crazy low i mean that's the thing is there are different places every year yeah how do they have the money to rent out those prime locations Mm. for just two months i don't know hire people buy enough inventory i mean the inventory is probably just the same every year but it's baffling to me I will never look at a Spirit Halloween store the same way again. Nor should you. Yeah. Nor should I'll, you. Nor should you, listener. I'll always wonder. And I don't know if you've ever been in one of them, but they are depressing as fuck. Yes. Inside. You, when, when I was a little kid, I thought their little logo with the scary ghosty man was the scariest part about the Spirit Halloween store. Oh, as an adult, I now know that the interior is actually much more frightening. It's what you... I think that's a great metaphor for just growing up. It's like yeah. a lot of scary things as a child, you realize that it's it's the things that don't look as scary that are actually And it's the, the things you don't notice. Yeah. Yeah. Ugh, so true. What a way <laughs> to wrap up this episode about what a, speed. What a fun, light note to end on. <laughs> um, should we do a little... I was going to say, let's do a little teaser for what we're going to talk about next time, but we don't know but what we're going to talk about. we don't know. We don't know. You don't know. And that's the fun. Uh, yes. We are all just in the midst of discovery. In the throes of discovery at I, all times. I will tell you this. It'll be about Keanu. It will be about Keanu. We promise you that. In one way or another. Yes. All right. Thank you, Renee. Thanks, Gwen. I love you. I love you. <laughs> This has been Your Next Obsession, locally produced in a very hot apartment in Los Angeles. We're your hosts, Quinn and Renee. Special thanks to Jono for our music, Dean for our graphics, and Quinn for editing. You're welcome. Let us know what you thought of this episode by leaving a comment, and don't forget to subscribe. For more information on us and the show, search Your Next Obsession Podcast on all the social medias and or send an email to yournextobsessionpodcast at gmail.com. Thanks Thanks for for listening. listening! We're adorable. We're so cute! (laughs)